High Expectations. Welcome to High Expectations. I am Jasmine. I'm still Alan. And we are here with our special guest, Clarissa. Hi. Alan first met Clarissa <laughs> under interesting circumstances. Well, I just met Clarissa this before officially, and I said it's interesting to see somebody naked before you officially meet them. We went to go see maybe a literary event. Literary event, yeah. Called Naked Girls Reading, in which naked women and femmes read stuff. Now, <laughs> in the news. You've nailed it. You should write our tagline. <laughs> <laughs> but I kind of think it's not what maybe some people expect it to be. What were you expecting? Well, I was expecting what I got, I think. But I think other people might be like, naked girls reading, maybe it's like a titillating event or Mm. sort of thing that's aimed to excite me sexually. But it's not. It's about female empowerment and feminism and like all of those good things. I had people who afterwards asked me what it was like. And I said, well, they were very naked and they were reading stuff out. And they said, were they actually naked? Yes. (laughs) They thought it was like a figurative term like the naked chef kind of thing yeah like a band like naked the naked girls because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> i went in the party over on the way down and i was like oh yeah we go like he showed us the lights and so, have you been in the party over no no okay so it's this dude with like a lot of lights and he's like a lot of light tricks and like a lot of like hula girls on the dashboard and he's like you can do anything in the party bus we just said, oh, you were going to go to Naked Girls Reading. And he's like, oh, I should come in between rides and just go real sleazy. And I was, yeah. that's what I was thinking, like, oh, some people are going to kind of read that title and think maybe that's what this is. But I don't, obviously, I don't think those people were in the audience. If they were, they probably left quite quickly. <laughs> maybe, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the message inbox for the Naked Girls Reading Facebook page is hilarious. It's just basically, like, message send after notes. Me- Yeah, send notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so what's been back to the beginning? Because that was your first time doing mm. Naked Girls Reading. How did this happen? They haven't repeated any girls so far. Everyone who's performed in the past for Naked Girls Reading, it's been their first time. We're all in the same boat. I know the producer of the show, and she was like, are you coming to Naked Girls Reading? This was at the back of the first one that she ever did, the first one that was ever done in New Zealand. It was in Wellington. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if it's my thing. And she was like, naked girls, like, how is that not your thing? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's, that's a good point. So I went along to the first one, and I was, like, nervous for the girls. It's just going to be awkward for them. But they came out, and they were just so confident, funny and smart and sassy. And I was like, these women, like, they're so amazing and inspiring. So I went to the next one. And I went to the next one. Should have got a 10-trip pass. And after the third one, I was hanging out with, everyone after the show just kind of said to no one in particular maybe I'll maybe I could do one maybe I'll do the next one Hugo who emcees the show and produces it kind of like jumped out and was like you're in the pride edition and I was like oh okay I'm 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 in the pride edition and I kind of had like three months to get used to the idea and but I was on board right from the beginning yeah, I can do this. In the audience, like, it's a changing experience. Yeah. Just being in the audience, you're, like, transformed in some way and you leave feeling, like, more confident about yourself and inspired. And I was like, well, actually being in it, like, that must be, like, a hundred times that experience. It really was. Awesome. I went to a strip spelling bee in Toronto. Yeah. And the people there, it was a mix of men and women on stage, and they all said, we're not going to get naked, we'll just strip down to our underwear and 
and that'll be that. Mm. Every single person on that stage got naked that night because they had the whole theatre of people cheering them on. Mm. And it was such a positive experience for them that eventually they all were like, hey, screw it, keep playing, underwear's coming <laughs> off, heads were naked. Yeah. And there was massive cheers. And they felt amazing for it. And it was a really fun, fun night. And I felt the same kind of thing the Naked Girls reading where everyone was just like really supportive. Yeah, felt like such a safe space. Like everyone in the audience contributed to that feeling like a really safe, secure, supportive environment. It was amazing. Everyone has like hair about their body and like I had like one or two. After doing that, I was like, fuck it, you know, like <laughs> over a hundred people have seen me naked now and I feel good in my skin. Yeah really great. I feel like that was a really special edition as well because you just had so many different types of bodies, mm. especially having Polly. She was pregnant as mm-hmm. well. Like That's what's so special, especially being another woman in the audience or someone who identifies as a woman, seeing so many different body types. And you don't normally get to see those body types. You just see like the perfect, glistening, fat, flat stomach, big breasts, big hips, idealized bodies and being able to see bodies that are just so different. Seeing such a variety of different types of bodies is so empowering for an audience member. That's what I felt when I was an audience member too. I had someone come up to me afterwards and say she was really grateful for what I'd done. She was like thanking me and she said, you've changed my life. Oh, wow. I was like, whoa. I knew what I was doing was like pretty cool and pretty big and and brave and stuff. To have that sort of reaction from someone, to have that impact, really made it really special for me. She said she works with people who have survived molestation and have a really hard time like owning their bodies and feeling comfortable in their bodies. And she's like, I wish they could come and see this. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's really powerful. Okay. The show's approaching, day of the show. Mm -hmm. How are you feeling? Feeling good. It was kind of like a process lining the robe that I wanted to wear, like deciding how I was going to have my hair and makeup and shoes. And well, the day before I was like just going around getting the ribbon that I was going to wear in my hair. There's not a lot to prepare for when you're going to be naked. So the things that you can prepare, you make sure they're special. So I just like got up, had a shower, went out for breakfast with my friend, just kind of had like a chill, relaxed day like pampered myself painted my toenails did all of that then we had a rehearsal and that was really good so I got to meet the other women in the show because I hadn't met them before Majula was from Auckland and Polly is from Christchurch we like got on stage we were clothed for the rehearsal I kind of felt even more naked during that rehearsal because it was like the first time performing my pieces on stage and practicing Pro pro tip reveal, we practice the banter. <laughs> that's why yes. it's so good. <laughs> yes. But no, that's good because it will make you feel less nervous if you have everything rehearsed. Yeah, yeah, but there's still like heaps of space for spontaneous ideas or comments to come through. We do like think about what we're going to say in between the pieces. So it's not like, what did you think about that piece? And you're like, um, eh. <laughs> did did <ear. laughs> It's a good idea. Yeah. The team behind Naked Girls Reading is so professional. They make sure you feel really prepared and it's very supportive. We had a cast manager who took us through a really lovely warm-up before the show and we all like sat in a circle backstage and held hands. It sounds really corny, Mm. but she made us think about what we wanted to get out of the show and what we wanted to share, what we wanted to put out there. And I hadn't actually thought about that 
that much. Having that moment before the show just really kind of grounded you, hyped you up for what you're about to do. Cool. What were you about to do? You walked Ah, down. yes. We got to choose our entrance song. This is my favourite bit of the whole thing. <laughs> I was just so like, yes! <laughs> yeah, and so I picked this great song called Good As Hell by an artist called Lizzo. I do my head toss, check my nails. Baby, how you feeling? I play it when I'm getting ready in the morning or getting ready to go out. <laughs> like, so I'm, I see myself naked while I'm listening to the song on a regular right. basis. So you can um, recreate your bedroom. Pretty much. So it was just like, <laughs> it was music to pump the crowd up, but more importantly, to pump me up. Because um, I was about to take my robe off on stage in front of like more than 100 people. But yeah, I got up there and you're kind of concentrating so hard on like technical aspects, like not tripping over, which I almost did. And how your robe falls off you and how you hold it in your hand and then your pose and then like making an angle towards the camera. And so it's, you're, you're kind of concentrating on all those things. You're not really thinking about the fact that you've just disrobed in front of a room full of people. And then to see Hugo on stage, who I know really well, it was just like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm with friends, you know. Yeah, I'm coming. Yeah. So I sat down and... The show kicked off. I wasn't really conscious of the fact that I was naked. I was just kind of like, okay, what's my piece coming up next? Or, oh, I had something to say about this piece. The performance and the sharing of what I'd chosen, that kind of trumped any worrying about the fact that I was naked or what I looked like. It was about hitting the right notes when I was doing the readings and emphasising this word. And You sounded great. Thank you. And what did you read? We started off with sharing a poem by a poet called Alyssa Chavez, who's an American, and she wrote a poem. It was called Revenge, and it was kind of a rebuttal to to Trump and like a rallying cry almost for the gays. It was really cool to start off on that. So we did a third of that each. And the next piece that I read was the lyrics to She Keeps Me Warm by Mary Lambert. I just love that song so much and it was it's a love song so it was, very sweet song yeah a nice contrast to the first poem that I that I read and then we finished the first half on Morris Williamson's speech about the big gay rainbow which he gave after the marriage equality bill went through and I stood up for that one yeah I just you were the only one that really stood up which is fine but I was like oh that's so cool yeah, just that yeah. Like added extra performance in there. Yeah, I felt like that speech it needed to be read by someone standing up. So I was like, "Cool, I'm going to stand up for this." Nice. When you're reading out the uh, Mary Lambert song, mm. I was sitting next to Alan and Kathy Allen, and I noticed they were just getting a little bit cozier together when it was happening. Do you know um, that I was making ratchet noises? I didn't notice that. <laughs> <laughs> Never say that shit about you, Kathy <laughs> Jesus. What is it like named her eyes like Forever and please keep, don't go. Please don't go. I'm like don't even think about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like that song, I always sing it really loudly for my house. Because that bitch gives me warm. It's like fun to <laughs> <laughs> so, fun to belt around the house. The banter Hugo and I had about Macklemore after that. Every naked girl's this 
some sort of controversy that follows or oh, proceeds for God's it. sake. That was our, like, moment of controversy on Facebook the next day. Um, really? A straight male comedian who was in the audience was like, what's wrong with Macklemore? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you know, he's trying to do a good thing by, like, supporting the gays. And I'm like... Yes, but I didn't really need Macklemore's permission to be gay. Mm, the queers can support themselves. Yeah. <laughs> can I say something that my straight, well, I assume straight, white friend Jono <laughs> said to me about Macklemore? You know, no one really likes Macklemore, and it's only Macklemore that's under the impression that people like him. That's what he said, take what you want. But, you know, that's one, you know, cis man's opinion to another cis man. Mac- no one really likes Macklemore, even <laughs> other men. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, so it was it was kind of ironic that, you know, this queer, like, supportive event about Naked Girls reading literary stuff, this guy managed to make it about him. Like, he picked up the one pit bit that was, like, slightly relevant to him and was like, mm, explain this to me. No. Oh, well. Yeah. Like, centuries of queer people being the butt of every fucking joke. Yeah. Forgive the pun. And <laughs> and then you make one joke about cis men, and you're under fire. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm. You guys have got us for being sensitive. Don't be so sensitive. Take a couple of jokes oh. at Macklemore's expense. So the break happened. You came back after the break. Mm-hmm. What are you feeling on the break? I felt like a superstar. Going out, you put your robe back on, and you can go and mix and mingle with the crowd. I wasn't thinking, oh my god, they're seeing me naked. I was like, oh my gosh, there's these people are like here to see me they've seen me perform like for half the show already and they're all in awe of you yeah <laughs> i don't know if they're in awe of me humble <laughs> probably i mean they should be <laughs> <laughs> i had that nice moment got to see people who are there to support me and then yeah second half same entrance song <laughs> This time I was way more strutier, way more confident. I took that robe off a lot quicker and ready to kick off the next half because there were some really cool pieces that I was excited about reading. One of them was Tipping the Velvet. So I, I, right, yes. I read Tipping the Velvet, which is a lesbian literary classic. <laughs> and I read the best part of it, which is the dildo scene. And that was really fun to read that. Yeah, there was some... I think older, I assume, lesbians in the front row, and I said it's a lesbian classic, and they were like, yes! (laughs) (laughs) They were wholeheartedly excited about that. And... Did you all read out a poem together again? Yeah, at the end, yeah. There was that one about, um, prostitution, and I was like, Mm. oh, wow. This is intense. And then I read Dyke for President. (laughs) I want a Dyke for President. Which is actually part of an art installation. We read it as a poem. And I think that was a really cool way to end. Because it was empowering. But it also addressed some of the suffering that has happened in the queer community. One one poem that really moved me was one that Polly read about the Pulse nightclub shooting. Oh yes. That was very intense. Yeah. yeah. Kathy cried. In in rehearsal, we were all crying. Hugo did well to lift the spirit of the room afterwards. Yeah. After a respectful silence. Yeah. It's good MC. Yeah. It's very good MC. That was a poem called Orlando by Andrea Gibson. You're done. Yes. Good sharing. Yeah. How was your night? How are you feeling? Feeling so good. I was sad that it was over. That was my oh, predominant feeling. I was yeah. like, 
Oh, like it's over. I have to put my clothes back on. I go back to the real world. Like it was like I was in this awesome queer bubble that popped and then I had to go back to the real world. But I had a good night and sung, stayed stuck around at Fringe Bar and sung karaoke and <laughs> I felt like I gave my best karaoke performances ever. I had like no inhibitions left that night. That's great. <laughs> I then saw you a few nights later. Yeah. At your other venture. Mm-hmm. A show called Little Boys Room. Little Boys Room. Yeah. Drag King. Cabaret. Cabaret. Where Ricky Rascal was performing. Yeah. My alter ego. Ricky Rascal came about because I'd been to the first Little Boys Room that was in Wellington, which was exactly a year ago at the last, last year's Pride. And it was the first time I'd seen drag kings. I'd seen drag queens. It was my first time as well. Last year? This oh, year. This last year. Night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was my first time seeing drag kings. And I was just so entertained and enthralled and excited and just in awe of their performance stamina. And they were fully entertainers. They had the crowd going. Everyone was excited and... I was just like, I want to do that. A few months later, there was a, a drag event. And so I started collecting items of clothing. And mm. I found the perfect wig at the Salvation Army store for $5. <laughs> and just started building my look. And I debuted Ricky at a drag event. Just like came along and was in the crowd. And I saw Hugo Girl there. Dressed, you know, dressed as Hugo. And we'd known each other for a while, but she came over and she was like, Hi, um, what's your name? Like, who, who are you? Like, she was like, keen to get to know me. And I'm like, You already know me. And when she realized who I was, she like freaked out. Just so blown away by the transformation because people say I'm like absolutely unrecognizable as Ricky. You do look very different. <laughs> yeah, which is like, a drag dream to be that transformed so that people like don't recognize the original you and so that night she was like do you want to be in a show and it was the next little boys room and I was like yeah (laughs) I have only been dreaming about this for six months but I picked a song started rehearsing and made my debut at little boys room in October last year it was so much fun. I was so nervous during my performance when I'd reach out to the audience. Uh, my hand was shaking. Which song was it? It was the same one. Boyfriend by Justin Bieber. If I was your boyfriend, never let you go. Keep you on my own, girl. You'd never be alone. Ricky is unashamedly influenced by Dustin and his style and his music and he's very very poppy Ricky and yeah so that was my first performance Ricky was not like satisfied with just dominating the Wellington scene he entered an Auckland based drag king pageant which is the first one that there's been in a very very long time it was a national pageant so anyone from around New Zealand could enter so Hugo Girl and Ricky Rascal jumped on a plane together. We went up to Auckland, competed in three, three or four different rounds of this drag king pageant. And it was so much fun. The, the funny thing about drag kings that you notice is 
it's kind of different to the drag queen scene from what I've observed. It's like really supportive and like backstage we're all just like brothers and <laughs> like there's no cattiness or anything. We're all just like, oh, do you have any like contour and like sharing mm-hmm. stuff and like helping each other get ready? And everyone was like super professional. We we're all on time. We we're all ready, well ahead of our call time, and it's just like hanging out. Like <laughs> it was really cool. Um, and what why is that different from a drag queen scene? If you don't mind. Well, I don't really. This is just kind of coming to me secondhand, so because I'm not a drag queen, so I haven't experienced it. It's kind of bitchy and competitive. I mean, I was in a competition, like a drag queen competition, but not once did I feel like anyone was trying to like one up each other or anything right. like that. Do you find that the community, the drag king community, is much smaller? From what it seems from the outside, there's, there's lots of drag queens. Yeah. But especially in Wellington, not so many drag kings. So it seems to be changing. Yeah, it's definitely smaller. I feel like it's, from what I've experienced talking to like women who are keen to try it, they're intimidated by it, almost. They want to, but they're nervous. They don't know if that'd be any good. They kind of have less confidence than maybe gay men do that they would be fabulous as drag queens. Right. Is they more like, I guess, down to earth appearance in a way? There's less exaggeration in the outfits compared to, compared to a drag queen. I mean, some of the drag king outfits are quite outrageous as well. Mm. With the drag queens, you have the traditional, like, massive eyeliners and huge eyeshadows, and mm. it's really, really. There's such a precedent as yeah, well. Almost for, cartoonish, like, kind of extreme. Yeah, the way that they dress up and how they perform. Yeah. Whereas the drag kings that I saw the other night, they were going for more of a, a realism rather than a exaggeration. That's the right word, I don't know. <laughs> um, because the guys that they were playing were mm. dancey lads kind of thing. Yeah, regular you know, dudes. Guys yeah. and slightly unshaven guys in their jackets <laughs> and yeah. around. And you had the odd, you know, very fabulous suit, but mm. it was mostly the black pants and jeans and yeah. the jacket kind of crowd. Yeah. I guess with drag queens, it's they're going for like the perfection look, whereas some drag kings do that as well. But for me, I'm kind of like like to be like rough and tumble, yeah, your average boy next door look. A bit more scruff to it. Yeah, yeah. I think I like Alan would be great as a drag king. Thank you. <laughs> you have some history with dressing in drag and every events. opportunity I get at a costume party, I dress as a boy. And it has, like, a dual thing that I get to, like, perform as somebody else for the night. Yeah. But also, no guys hit on me. <laughs> <laughs> I know, honestly, if you wear a suit, men won't hit on you. It's really interesting. Can you tell the story of your costume that no one understood? Oh, God. <laughs> your favourite story. Is it? That's oh, probably one of my favourites, so. So, basically, <laughs> my friend, his name is Harry. Hey, Harry. He had an H party, which makes sense because his name starts with an H. And I'm like, oh, what do I dress up as? I know, I will dress up as a very well-known book character and TV character, Hercule Poirot. Agatha Christie's Poirot. So the H is in the Hercule, you know? Yeah. And I, you know, I think I did a pretty good job. I wore like a vest, I had a jacket, I had a bow tie, I like kind of, did I stuff my tummy a little bit? I already have a bit of a tum, so I don't really need to stuff my tummy. <laughs> and I like, had a bowler hat and a moustache. And then I turn up and everyone's like, who are you? And I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> a famous book character? You know, think like, whodunit kind of novels. And they're like, I don't, I don't, are you, are you meant to be like, 
and then they insert like World War II dictator incredibly insensitive costume idea here and I'm like no, I am not Hitler. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I know it starts with an H and I have a moustache, but my God, how many you know famous actors, dictators, leaders throughout history have a moustache? You're an idiot. Anyway. So, <laughs> also, my favourite part of that night was that my friend was dressing up as Hello Kitty with his boyfriend. And they just had a disaster trying to get this costume together. Like, he had, like, all these grand ideas. Like, he had a soft toy that he tried to like unstuff to like wear it as a mask and that didn't work and he tried to paint something and then it blew away and like <laughs> real like shout out to Sean disaster of a costume but the outfit he came in was amazing so <laughs> so they had like already planned to wear a white kind of shirt and some gloves and some pants correct me if I'm wrong on um Twitter Sean he comes in wearing a sheet like a ghost, but he kind of like painted the Hello Kitty face on it and like had like a bow and then some ears and everyone was like, are you Hello Kitty's ghost? Like, <laughs> what's going on here? <laughs> and he was also using his sheep to like throw over the snack table and then like quickly eat all the food while people weren't watching him to judge him. So I think it was a win-win, personally. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. And I feel like dressing up a lot of the time I'll wear a suit, yeah. Jill Monet is one of my idols. She makes amazing suits. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One thing I was going to say about drag queens, though, was in Thailand, they have the best drag queens. They mm. have, they have like, this amazing show that they put on in Pattaya, I think it's said. And I got to go and see them afterwards, and it was such an experience for me because I love drag queens. And I walked up to her, and she, like, had the most amazing makeup. And you can get your photo with them if you pay them a little bit of money. <laughs> And uh, I remember standing next to her and getting all of those photos of my, like, red-faced, sunburnt, traveling, disgusting self, <laughs> and just standing next to this beautiful, feminine person. I have never felt less feminine in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I also remember our tour guide was like, go get a photo with him. And she was like, her? Obviously, I'm a her. And I remember being like, ooh, that's awkward. Um, <laughs> but she was. Like, she was more of a her than me, if that makes any sense. You know what I mean? Mm. In a traditional sense. Appearing yeah. as a femme or feminine, drag queens have makeup skills I could only ever dream of, you know? Mm. Yeah. It is art. It is, it really isn't is. it? It's the difference when I'm watching drag queens. The whole time I'm thinking, that's a drag queen show. When I was watching the drag kings, because they were kind of airing more towards the scruffy lad kind of look, my mind was getting tracked all the time where I was just thinking dancing floats on there it's <laughs> great being boy bands and yeah dancing to the beaver and as I told you after the show that was the first time I'd wanted a beaver song to be longer because <laughs> it was so entertaining you had like backup dancers yeah. wow. on stage and it was just really fun you guys done some great stuff as well wasn't there what was, what was Tragic Mike about I wanted to go but I think it sold out what happened in Tragic Mike oh that was cool I was just there watching it was a male strip show but like <laughs> comedy oh that sounds amazing yeah it was like taking the piss kind of like mm. so was that all drag kings as well no. no Hugo performed I think he was the only drag king but it was male identifying people mainly oh yeah yeah that's something that's really interesting to me about drag shows okay so in terms of pronouns if someone's dressed in drag you would probably refer to them by their 
identifying the pronoun, wouldn't you? So if it's a drag queen dressed in drag, that would be a her, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You always just refer to the, the drag person in the, the costume that they're wearing, even if they normally identify with a different pronoun. Right? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Cool. Yeah. Oh, we were, I was having this conversation with my um, very well-meaning male friend yesterday over dinner. He was saying that if a co-worker is really interested in drag queens and then... He was like, how do I identify the person? Because he couldn't start talking until he said, how do I identify the person that was dressing up in drag? And he said, I guess I can't assume their gender because when they're not wearing drag, they could be a they, they could be a he, they could be a she, I, I don't know. Yeah. And he was like, I'm just going to go with they. I was like, that's fine. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's actually quite good to go for gender neutral before, you know, some of these pronouns sometimes. That's right. Um, and then obviously always use their preferred pronouns once you know, which I learned recently on Twitter from V. Thank you, V. <laughs> but we were just really getting ourselves confused but because he was talking about a drag queen video he could have said she was doing this hmm. correct yeah okay so next time i'll just be like just say she because it's a she that you're watching yeah there's a subset of drag queens that don't use female pronouns because they're like no nah, i'm a guy that's fine and yeah but it's safer to call them she and they'll correct you if they don't like that I think I get a bit caught up on pronouns, especially, unfortunately, they, them. Sometimes my brain just tricks me into saying a gendered pronoun, whether I like to or not, and I feel very guilty about that. I'm really trying to work on it. But yeah, I guess if, mm. if people let people know gently that they're screwing up, because they, it could be anyone from a bigot to somebody who's really well-intentioned, but their brain is, like, tricking them, I guess. <laughs> mm. Yeah. That would, that's great. That would be great. It's <laughs> <laughs> one thing I liked about your about Ricky's performance mm-hmm. was <laughs> <laughs> that's also so interesting because it's like it's not Clarissa it's Ricky yeah. one thing I liked about Ricky's performance <laughs> was that you had props and it's like Ricky dollars being thrown around the audience what really yeah glitter and stuff and I missed out I got my shoes glittered afterwards by Ricky <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty fun <laughs> There's going to be, like, a whole Ricky empire. Yeah. The merch is going to be amazing. Yeah, so I'm after so the excited. show, people were asking me, oh, did you get Ricky dollars? Did you get these things? Ricky dollars! Like, no, I was sitting too far back. So now yeah. I've learned, if you go to a Drag King show, get into the splash zone. Yeah. I don't have to, like, splashed. for every show, get up front. Yeah, get up front. But I don't for theatre shows because I hate audience participation. Right. Yeah. And I would feel like if you're up the front, then you're screwed. But for that kind of show, yeah, definitely get get the best view, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I was up the front for Naked Girls reading, but... <laughs> Does that sound sleazy? That's definitely the splash zone. <laughs> <laughs> After, yeah. Tipping the velvet, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? If you don't like audience participation, never go to improv. I can always, <laughs> without fail, get called upon for improv. It's really weird. I'm sitting right back, and they'll be like, you, you look like you could create this whole story and name all the characters. And I'm like, no, please, not me, every time. And everyone, everyone laughs harder at me, like, no! <laughs> That's the thing, though. Like, I don't know if I could do drag, because I'm not really a natural performer. Like, I don't do performing much. Except for music, but... If you want to do drag, do you have a song you're doing? Do I have a song I would do? Like, you don't have to even dance. You can just kind of, like, I actually fantasize all the time about it. <laughs> and I think I would sing, like, with my actual voice. I don't know okay. if it's allowed. Yeah, it's totally allowed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I guess it would be kind of like karaoke. And yeah. I, I have the songs in my head. 
Like the other day I was dancing to Michael Jackson. Jackson, not Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I do a Michael Jackson thing. I guess it's kind of like a Justin Bieber thing, but I kind of like, yeah, a Bruno Mars thing would be cool as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's an opportunity to get into a, a genre of music that you might not necessarily normally perform because your drag persona can be totally different to you. That's mm-hmm. true, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to see it. You'd be great. Yeah, well, maybe. Maybe the next little boy's room. (laughs) (laughs) That's the great thing about little boy's room. It's an opportunity for new drag kings to get stage time. And it's super supportive. Like, we have rehearsals and workshops for, like, makeup. And And the binding and stuff as well. Yeah, we practice that all together. So, What was the name of... um... Andy Climax. Andy, I was looking at all the pictures of Andy and like the, like this is, Hugo was incredible at the binding because I have E-cup breasts and she was like flat chested. I was so impressed by that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Andy had like really impressive pics. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> like, <laughs> might be a little bit straight. <laughs> An amazing beard makeup. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was, Andy's first public outing. Um, what did he perform? He was my backup dancer. Oh, yeah. okay, nice. Yeah. Andy and Hugo were my backup dancers. Because <laughs> so badass, he's got backup dancers. <laughs> okay, I guess we should wrap up. Yes, thank you very much for coming out to be interviewed by us. It's very exciting. You're welcome. Like a chance to talk about myself for an hour. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, punishing, punishing. <laughs> so, if you're in Wellington this year, keep an eye out for Naked Girls reading events and Drag King events and go check out stuff. You'll have a great time and you might even get to meet Ricky Rascal. Yeah, and if you're anywhere, just go to things and drag shows and yeah. the end. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell a friend. If you have any comments or questions, please send an email to highexpectationspodcast at gmail.com or leave us a comment on a post. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at High Expectations Podcast or on Twitter at High EX Podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Pocket Casts, Podcast Addict or wherever you enjoy podcasts. Have a great week. Oh, absolutely. We always have the e-tag. It's encouraged. Cool. We dropped the C-bomb in the first episode. <laughs>